Well, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. Today, I am sharing with you a conversation that I had with the lovely Fiona Thomas. She is officially an author and a very bloody good one at that, may I add. And I really wanted to get Fiona on the podcast because she talks an awful lot online about mental health and how it's kind of helped her business, but also it's just about being open about it. And I think it's a conversation that we all need to hear. We talk about her journey from school, growing up with, you know, wanting to do one thing and going ahead to do another, how she had a mental breakdown and everything in between and how she's finally got to where she is now. And my God, it's she's she's just an inspiration. And I absolutely love chatting to her. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the fabulous author, Fiona Thomas. Okay, hello lovely Fiona, how are you? I'm so good and so excited to finally get to talk to you. It feels like it's been ages <laughs> since we arranged this. It's been in the works for a while, hasn't it? Sure, sure has. Cool. So before we get into our conversation, which I'm so excited for, with every guest that I have on the podcast, I'd like to give them a little bit of a challenge in explaining who they are as a person in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a really small donation of £5 to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge? I'm definitely up for it. I don't know how good I'll be at it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I've got my stopwatch ready. So are you ready? Yep. Go. Okay. My name is Fiona. I'm 33 years old. I was born in Glasgow and I now live in Birmingham. My one true love is true crime podcasts or documentaries and I absolutely love coffee. It gives me life but I actually can't drink much of it because I have really bad anxiety. Holy crap. You did that in 19 seconds. Yes. Yes. I'll still make a donation. (laughs) Oh bless you. That was so good. That was the shortest intro we've ever had I think. I think I was that was my anxiety because I was worried. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to hear a buzzer. <laughs> and you can't, it's almost like you can't count and talk at the same time. So you're like, have I, have I gone over? Exactly. Oh, I've just noticed there's a there's a timer on our on the thing that we record on. Yeah. I could be well cheated. <laughs> it's too busy trying to be trying to be Nobody, quick. Nobody's noticed that yet. <laughs> Um, oh goodness that's so funny well I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the podcast uh miss published author so I basically invited you on to talk about I think you're an absolute boss when it comes to Instagram you're obviously an author and you're obviously amazing at what you do so I guess the first question from me is what what is the story how did you become a writer and an author did you always want those things well I'll tell you a funny story so when I was at school at primary school which is what we call it in Scotland um that's that what you call it in England as well I was gonna say I'm yeah, pretty sure that's what we call it in English <laughs> I'm thinking of America when they're like I was in sixth grade um so yeah in Scotland so in primary school going from the wee school to the big school we had to do an assembly and at the assembly everybody had to stand up and say what they wanted to be as an, when they grew up because we were going to the big school and it was all about like looking to your future and all that kind of stuff oh, okay. and we got um 
we each got given like a a long piece of paper basically like a strip of wallpaper that was like white (laughs) and we got told you have to draw like your body like a life-size body and like your like outfit or your uniform of like what you'd be when you're older like what you'd work at so some people drew like a fireman and some people were like um, a plumber and some people were like a footballer Um, and I couldn't decide what I wanted to be and I like racked my brains for ages and ages because I had so many things I wanted to be and the teacher said okay I'll make an exception why don't you split it down the middle and you can do one on one side and one on the other and I was like oh cool so I decided on the left hand side I was going to be an author and on the right hand side I was going to be a pop star (laughs) yes I love that (laughs) so that was my dream as a child um and I ended up studying music at uni so I went down the music route and then realized I didn't really I'll be honest didn't didn't have what it took to be a pop star Lorna (laughs) I wasn't cut out for it and I also just wasn't cut out for the music business at all which is fine um and I just really felt like I'd kind of then missed the boat with career in general because I thought I've done my degree I can't I can't just be a writer now like that just doesn't happen bear in mind I'm almost 34 now so when I graduated like blogging was not really a thing being an influencer wasn't a thing so to get into writing I would literally have to like move to London and be an intern at a magazine or a newspaper and I just like wasn't going to do that so I kind of shelved the idea of being a writer for a long 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 time and I started working in hospitality because that's when I was part-time when I was at uni I worked part-time in a coffee shop as a supervisor and when I graduated they offered me assistant manager job and then I got my own store I was a manager and did that for almost a decade and then I had a mental breakdown when I was 26 due to just stress and burnout and all the pressures that young people put on themselves when they're in their first big proper job I got really burnt out, I got depressed um, and got diagnosed with anxiety and that was when I really kind of fell in love with writing again because I was off work for a year and then I was unemployed because I couldn't go back to that job and during that time I just started writing for the enjoyment again. Um, So between the ages of 26 and 30 I was just blogging basically for fun I wasn't getting paid for it I was just blogging as a way to express myself and kind of towards the end I was talking a lot about mental health and basically just navigating like what had happened to me and like talking about my recovery and the kind of struggles with that um and then I always dreamed at that point or maybe one day I could I really just thought I would be a blogger I thought like I'd love to be able to make enough money as a blogger I didn't ever think about writing for magazines and stuff like that uh, until somebody pointed me in the direction of Metro Online because they were looking for mental health writers a few years ago Um, and I thought well I've got all this I've got a blog filled with mental health content so I know I can write that kind of stuff so I pitched them some stories and now I've I've written like over a hundred articles on Metro Online and most of them are about about mental health so um, so that was my kind of foot in the door and then um, 
for the last few years I've just kind of diversified my business and now I teach courses and like you say I've written two books um I write for businesses I write for magazines lots lots of different stuff um so I'm not split in half anymore I feel like I'm split in like a million different directions but but I think that's what I wanted all along was that I didn't want to be pigeonholed so that's such a good story I mean minus the mental health breakdown obviously (laughs) but I've got I've just written down so many questions and you know what the first question was Mm -hmm. how do you draw what an author wears right I think (laughs) it's weird I can remember this I think I drew a person holding like a scroll okay like like a scroll and like maybe a pen or something okay yeah yeah that makes sense and this the pop star was I think Jerry Halliwell like in the in the Union Jack dress because I was a big Spice Girls fan up the gingers Mm -hmm. come on (laughs) God, we've got to do it for the gingers, Fiona. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And I think it's really interesting because I think in a podcast that I recently recorded, I talked about me kind of getting into, I've always grown up telling myself more so than anything else that I'm not, I can't write. And I think that comes from like my childhood at school. Like all of my teachers always used to tell me how rubbish I was at storytelling and writing and English basically um because I write how I speak and most recently I was trying to kind of work out my it sounds really cliche I know but I was trying to work out my why and how that kind of fits into a into a bigger thing and you saying that you just didn't want to be pigeonholed and you've become a writer and you started doing it because you loved it I just don't you don't find that anymore do you you don't find people that do the thing that they love to do without any desire not desire any kind of need for a return on that right now and I Mm. think the fact that it's kind of taking you in all different directions is bloody amazing yeah and that's the thing I kind of tell people when when they're in that early stages of like I want to go freelance I want to set up by myself like a lot of people feel like that because they don't like their job and they don't like the traditional work environment and they want the Mm. freedom so a lot of people I think kind of rush into freelancing and maybe just pick something that they think oh that'll work that'll make money I see other people doing that and those people sell courses and they make like hundreds and thousands of pounds or um I don't know that that people that person's got a photography business like I can take good photos that'll make me loads of money um I think if you approach it from that mindset then you will burn out pretty quickly because after a few months if you don't actually enjoy what you're doing it's it's going to be just as bad as being in traditional employment because you're not going to feel like getting up in the morning and doing the thing so I think starting with something that you enjoy so much that you basically would do it for free anyway is a a good place to start. And that's definitely worked for me. Yeah, it sounds really cliche, doesn't it? I think when you kind of say it out loud, like, oh, I I would do this for free because you kind of look like when you hear people say that or post that on Instagram, you think, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, okay, if you say so, like what would and when people kind of ask the question, if you could do anything in the world, if money was no object, the amount of people that can't answer that question is crazy. And so it's actually quite nice to hear it from somebody that that did just kind of do blogging because they wanted to write. It's actually yeah. really lovely to hear. But when you so when I tell that story, it sounds like 
it sounds like I've known my whole life that mm. I wanted to be a writer but it's not the case like I'm looking back now with hindsight and I'm joining the dots but when I graduated from uni if you'd said to me like do you um do you want to be a writer I would probably would have said no because I just didn't think I was good enough and therefore blocked it off as a possibility um and when I was in my first proper job I, you know every night of the week I was at home looking for another job I wasn't planning to be self-employed I wasn't searching um you know local writer jobs I wasn't searching for that stuff because I just didn't know what I wanted to do like I, I got so down deep down into the rabbit hole of what career should I do that I then started thinking maybe I should be a career advisor because I'm so interested in careers <laughs> like I was so like constantly just looking for a way out looking for some sort of direction and I didn't realize it was like staring me in the face like that writing was the thing that I was supposed to be doing it's the thread that's run through everything in my life like it's always been there you know I always had a diary when I was younger I naturally excelled at English at school when I was on the music course I managed to sneakily like change some of my classes to be on the media section of the course so I some but when everyone else was going to do like music production I went to do music journalism and then I snuck onto the journalism course and did some modules there and now looking back I'm like of course that was what I was supposed to do but you know internally I was just saying no you're not good enough and there was so many like external pressures and like expectations that made me think no but don't go and do that now just go and find a proper job go and get a job that's got a good salary go and get a job that you've got an office you've got a job title and all that kind of thing because I just thought that's what I was supposed to do um so it wasn't until like everything came crumbling down that I realized well I tried to do what I thought was expected of me and that's not worked out so let's try something else yeah, I think we've all been there. I've definitely, I definitely have. I can definitely relate to that 100%. Because I think you're right. You, there is almost like an element of you should go to uni, then you leave uni, and then you should go and get a job, and then you should have X, Y, Z, and you kind of tick all the boxes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? Yeah, on paper, everything looks good, but inside you're like dying. Yeah, yeah. And so in terms of kind of, I guess from a personal point of view, but also since you've kind of become self-employed, what would you say have been what all your biggest challenge? It sounds obvious, but like being my own boss, like I've never, I don't feel like I've ever really had a problem with authority, like because I've always got on with my bosses and I've always tried really hard to impress my bosses like I've always been a teacher's pet I've always followed the rules <laughs> I've always like over over achieved and stuff like that so I think like I really had to learn to step up to the plate of being my own boss in every sense of the word and like know that I'm not going to get there's no validation there from from a boss yes. so I have to I have to find it myself um and I have to continually check in with myself and I have to be held responsible for my own well-being um, there's nobody there that's going to say hey I think you should finish early today hey I think you should take take a week off you know let's let's knock off early all that kind of stuff like so I've had to really and this has come from someone who you know I've dealt with mental health for you know six seven years and I feel like I'm a pretty emotional and emotionally intelligent person 
and I've got a lot of like I've got an extensive toolkit to, to pull on when I'm not feeling that great but I really have to be very deliberate and remind myself that um, my business won't run if I don't take care of myself so I'd say that's that's like an ongoing challenge basically <laughs> I think like I can definitely I appreciate that I think because I actually had quite recently a conversation with one of my best friends who is still full-time employed like she's I think it takes a kind of certain person to be self-employed and she kind of said you know what what do you actually find is the biggest difference and I was like funnily enough it is that it's a it's the sense of like the accountability like I can't I don't turn up at the office and my boss sit me down and go you need to do this today and I don't I don't have that and I also don't have the we'll finish at half four today rather than half five like you can Mm. just leave and I don't have the I totally appreciate that 100% it's funny because when I was writing out of office the thing that I came across when I was researching like looking at facts and figures and also interviewing people who are freelance when, when I asked people you know why have you done this why have you gone freelance what was so attractive like the kind of overarching theme was that people just want autonomy and they want to be able to make choices that suit them personally which is what they don't get from traditional employment because you know you're all expected to turn up at the same time perform to a certain level we we can't give this person a Monday off because everyone else will be upset then we'd have to give everybody a Monday off like and you can't get you know you want to come in a little bit later so you can um I don't know like go and like drop your kid off at school like all these little things that we can't get in traditional employment so we all want that autonomy but then when we get it we like almost don't give ourselves permission to use it <laughs> like, we just don't know what to do with it yeah it's like, like you can this is great but yeah, what? you can run the business however you want but you're still choosing to do it the way that yeah you, you've done before in the way that you know doesn't work for you so I think like we've got a sense of um control as freelancers that we don't actually always exercise so I think that's something that we all need to get better at I've definitely started picking up on that this week because I when I saw that you'd booked in to record the podcast I was like I'm just gonna read back through out of office because I got it when you first launched it and I think I read it within about 48 hours you such did, a good read because you weren't way. you weren't feeling that great were you and then you no. I was literally like, I'm just going to tuck myself away in bed. I'm just going to sit with it and just read it. And all of a sudden I just, I'd finished it and two days had gone past. And I was like, I feel so much better because I think, especially that kind of book, I think because I personally, obviously this is all my own opinion. um, I could see that you had done so much research and I could see that it was so, it was such a personal thing and there's so much in there that regardless of whether somebody's like just starting out or, d- or even thinking about it or whether you're kind of like me and I'm what like 19 months into it now it for me it just I read it and thought holy crap I'm not on my own like mm. other people feel like this yeah and I didn't because I because when I imagine you like sitting 
tucked up in bed not feeling that great and then you pick up that book like the worst thing would be I'd hate for you to read that book finish it and then go oh my god that was filled with so many tips and I'm just now I just feel so overwhelmed like about actioning them because sometimes I think business books can feel like that um they can feel like you've got to have a notepad with you at all times and you've got to be like answering loads of questions and and like actioning loads of stuff before you can even read the next chapter and I didn't want it to feel like that I wanted it to feel a bit like a hug and a bit like a you know slow down just take things at your own pace like you definitely are like valid to feel a bit crap just now um and just remind people that's okay to feel like that and also when you're ready here are some simple easy tips like I try not to make it overly complicated um and just make it fun as well like we're supposed to be having fun doing this although it is difficult um I think a lot of us just put too much pressure on ourselves I mean if it helps it totally felt like that for me (laughs) yeah that's so good and the fact that you read it so quickly is like the ultimate compliment yeah I just you can't put it down Anybody that's listened to this that hasn't read it, just go and buy it because it's just, you're, I just couldn't put it down. I know I felt like crap and I just wanted to be in bed anyway, but it was one of those where you just kind of, I think because it was validating everything that I felt, mm. I was like, I'm just, I just can't let it go. I'm just, I, cause it, that sense of validation of like your feelings are absolutely normal. You kind of go, okay, well, I'm starting to feel a little bit, bit better. So actually I'll just. I'll just read another page and another page (laughs) yeah because I think when you're when you're self-employed like you kind of you feel like either your friends and family say or you say to yourself that you've chosen this lifestyle and therefore you don't have the right to complain yeah yeah and I just want to tell people that you have the right to complain (laughs) Yeah. yeah oh god it's so true and in terms of kind of Obviously, because you do talk a lot about mental health and I think so many people, I personally feel like you've probably grown quite a big social following because of that, because there aren't that many people, although it's becoming more of a norm now, there aren't that many people that are kind of, I don't want to use the word brave because it's not that it isn't brave, but I feel like it's it's one of those things that should be talked about. Mm. But I feel like because you do, you've attracted the same kind of people that really appreciate it that might be too scared or worried or through fear of judgment, don't want to talk about it themselves. Mm. And so in terms of kind of social, how has that helped you with book releases and workshop launches and courses and all that kind of stuff? I think it's definitely helped me build a, a human connection with people and an emotional connection with people. And I think that's... That's what I do with everything that I sell is I try and figure out how people are feeling emotionally and then I try and meet them there. Like I don't try and solve all their problems. I just try and meet them there and make them feel seen and make them they feel make them feel validated and how they feel. Um but also from like my a logistical point of view, like being open about my mental health has really helped me let that filter through to my business so it means if I if like if I said to you today I'm gonna have to cancel this podcast recording because I'm feeling really mentally unwell I know that that wouldn't come as a surprise to you and I know that you would understand so it's helped me just um manage expectations of everyone around me as well so you know with a publisher it's like well you know that I struggle with my mental health so if I don't meet this deadline 
you know it's not going to come as a surprise <laughs> so I think yeah just like it's, it has a ripple effect on everything but social media wise it, it kind of just happened as an accident like it like kind of blogging like the blog was where I started writing about mental health first um and that was in like I started my blog in 2012 and I think I started the mental health stuff maybe around 2014 um and I didn't have an Instagram account then I don't think so I was not really sharing it anywhere because I wasn't really wanting my friends and family to know that I was blogging it was just kind of I was just doing it for me and people that replied to it were just literally people that stumbled across it online um so it took it did it did feel really scary to start sharing that stuff on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook and all that kind of thing that did feel quite scary but at the end of the day it was just much easier to be open about that like I felt like once I'd ripped the band-aid off the first few times it was fine because then people knew what to expect and it was like people know people now know about my mental illness and it's fine like nobody's judging me and actually lots of people are messaging me saying thanks so much for for sharing that people that you would never expect people that yeah you, that you know you went to primary school with or I maybe yeah. did like a couple of shifts with in a coffee shop years and years ago send you a dm saying like oh like thanks so much for writing that like going back to my hometown and like going to the pub and people coming up to me saying like oh I read that blog you wrote and it was really really good like I think that makes it all worthwhile and yeah I think that's the thing though isn't it like you kind of as humans we just have this I don't know why but we have this kind of gut fear that everyone's thinking the worst of us Mm. and yet when we do something that might kind of go against the grain because I on my personal Instagram I do have two (laughs) I'm not that I don't feel that brave (laughs) um but on my personal one I posted about when I started going for therapy and I just posted a picture of of the beautiful cabin that I had therapy in and just talked about it because I think especially in my family it's not really the done thing Mm. And so many people, like you say, like from school would message me and comment and just say like, I hope you're okay. And I was like, I'm absolutely fine because this is what I need to do, but I'm doing it for me. But I just wanted to kind of communicate to anybody that needed to hear it, that it's okay to do it. And the amount of messages I got of support that I would never have expected was crazy. And that's just the people that actually felt comfortable talking to you yeah. as well you don't also know the people that you reached who just read it and absorbed it and are changed because of it that's so true and it's really interesting I wrote down um about the fact that you said it helps with business in general because I think in a way I can relate to that as well because I, if I think back to my corporate days I actually got diagnosed with depression when I was 19 I think and I decided not to take the medication for whatever reason and it was my boss that told me to go to the doctors and yet every job after that I felt way too scared to say anything Mm. and you saying that has just made me kind of think if I just said actually some days I struggle then those days of resentment of me having to pull myself out of bed and drag my sorry ass to work Mm. where I didn't want to be they might have just been a little bit more sympathetic. Mm, but this is the thing, like, 
I think as freelancers and business owners, we have the control to be open because it's not necessarily going to lose us business. Like it's going to attract the right people. It's going to attract people who understand what it's like. Like I think it's a selling point to be open about your mental health. But in the workplace, you have no clue how it's going to affect you. You have no clue how your boss is going to react. If your boss is even going to keep it a secret. Sorry, but bosses don't always keep it a secret. Uh, you've no clue if your colleagues are going to find out if they're going to treat you differently if they're going to pass you up for promotion if they're going to ignore you for um handing out a piece of work like you just you just don't know and that's a horrible reality that we, that we live in so in every workplace that I've been in the, the, when I got diagnosed obviously like when I had my breakdown at in work I couldn't hide that because I had to tell them like what you know I'm not going to be in work for six months um, <laughs> But then after that, every place that I worked, apart from one place where I'd, I knew the owner and I told her um, what has been going on, every other place I've worked, I have kept it to myself until I felt comfortable to share more. Because it was mm-hmm. like going into a new workplace, don't know anyone here, don't know if I'm going to like it, I'm struggling, I'm just going to have to like actually learn how to do this job. I'm also not going to be like, oh, by the way, let me tell you about the worst part of my life (laughs) and then deal with that because it's traumatic in itself to talk about your mental illness if you're still, if it still feels really raw, Um, especially if like me, you've got social anxiety. So talking to people is stressful anyway. Yeah. So I think like, and there's places I've worked where I've never told them and I'm 100% happy with that decision because I shouldn't, there's no way that that would have gone down well. Um, And I know that, they would have kind of used it against me in other places where I've worked for a few months and then I've I've told them and it's it's been really helpful and they've been really understanding so I think you have to make that kind of pers- your own judgment based on the people around you because because there is still that stigma there yeah and it can be quite a stressful time starting a new job and anyway like just mm-hmm. just just normally <laughs> just a question that I've just kind of come to to mind for anybody listening to this that has their own business that maybe you know maybe they don't struggle with mental health necessarily I personally I think that we all have you know as human beings we have down days we have ebbs and flows and as small business owners that's just going to it's just a roller coaster isn't it let's face it how would you say is the best way for I can only imagine I think I'm quite all right about it and I think this has come up in previous podcasts because I talk about the fact that you know I trade under my own name just like you we we kind of don't have like a a business name Mm -hmm. like purple egg or whatever but in terms of if they did have a business name but they're kind of going through that stage of you know starting to open up on social showing the behind the scenes stuff and all of that kind of stuff do you think that it has it would have a not necessarily a negative effect but an an effect of somebody saying you know maybe I I don't know I can't even think of an example now that I've started our main candle maker is off because you know they they're not feeling great or yeah how do how does a small business communicate these really important topics mm-hmm. when they're part of a a slightly bigger business it's not a kind of a freelancer yeah I think when it's a brand like obviously I would not be disclosing your team members mental health issues like when they're off <laughs> on stories yeah no no, no. I, I mean like candle makers <laughs> not well today <laughs> had a breakdown I wouldn't advise that um I mean like generally speaking I think 
generally the gist that I get anyway from the people that listen to this is that they're kind of small one-man band hand makers, but mm. they'll trade as, I don't know, the two twig birds or something. Mm. Like they'll be the hand maker, but you know, how does how does somebody that is is showing up online that gives a perception of a brand rather than just one human being communicate these wider issues and kind of say like I don't know there might be a delay in your order because Mm. xyz it's a good question I think like in that instance you just have to come on and be the person like Mm. I don't really understand why people why brands do that like just come on and be the person like people people connect with people so just write the caption and sign it off from you the person who owns the business because at the end of the day people have got a lot more empathy for people like Mm. if tesco were like oh your deliveries are late sorry tesco (laughs) like it's been more effective if someone was like hi i'm the ceo i'm really sorry i've had a bad (laughs) bad a mental breakdown oh your deliveries will be late like you can see the connection there like i don't know Mm. i just think if you can like show up as yourself and be like that and tell the truth um if you want to just communicate your your values like and that you support and try and accommodate people's mental health then make that clear um on your website so have like a page that's like our approach and talk about like how you support people in their mental health because if you do believe that and you do that for all your staff then you should have something in place that shows that you do that um yeah that's a really good point affiliate yourself with a charity give money to charity like do instagram lives with charities or other business owners talking about specific issues that you know come up for people um i know a lot of people are talking about black friday at the moment so you could you know just start conversations around mental health on your channel in a way that that kind of connects to your industry so you know a lot of like fitness instructors like are gyms like they could talk about they could talk about the mental health aspects of what it's like to you know be obsessed with fitness or to count your calories all the time or Mm. do you know what I mean like there's all these conversations within industries that need to be had um I think yeah I think that's the thing because I think for me um like I got into a bit of a series with um the lovely Julia Day Mm -hmm. (laughs) we love Julia um and we were talking about we started having quite a few conversations about all of the things that so many people are scared to talk about and we were like these conversations should be happening they they need to happen in order for things to change and you're absolutely right it's almost kind of becoming topical as well in terms of like you mentioned gyms you know people could be talking about you know with lockdowns and all of that kind of stuff gyms being shut and what kind of impact that has on the everyday person yeah which and I was actually just thinking about that today um you know, the, you, everybody knows that person who goes to the gym and they're in the gym for the entire day. Like, not necessarily in a bad way, but they go in, you know, they, they meet their pals and they talk with their pals and they'll train for ages. And then, they'll, you know, the gym's got a cafe, they'll sit in the cafe, they'll get a shower. Maybe there's like a barber in the gym, so they'll get their hair cut. Like, there's people that that is, that's like their community centre. So yeah, I can yeah. imagine there is a lot of guys, especially, who are struggling with their mental health because that is their social time and that's their connection and that's what makes them feel good so I'm pretty sure that is a conversation that's not being had what do you think could be done for uh, I'm just I'm kind of sticking with that the whole the fact that the situation that we're in at the minute all the lockdowns I'm considering small business one-man bands that you know are 
potentially, maybe, not necessarily, struggling. But if they're not struggling financially or with sales or any of that kind of stuff, they might be struggling mentally or in, in a health aspect because if, they, if they're overworked because, you know, sales have gone through the roof because everybody's at home, whatever situation it is, what do you think would make it easier for a small business owner that is kind of sat... I'm also thinking of myself quite selfishly, if I'm honest. <laughs> I sit in a, I sit in a, what is necessary, uh, essentially it's a spare bedroom that I've turned into an office for what, 15, 12, 13 hours a day on my own? I think the thing that is so simple, but a lot of business owners don't actually actively make it happen is just conversation with other business owners. Yeah. So stuff like this, or like maybe not necessarily on a podcast, because obviously you do consider yeah. your responses. It's not a true rant, is it? You don't really get to like yeah. talk shit about people, let's be honest. <laughs> so, so if you, you know, you just want to rant and have a moan and even just bounce ideas off someone, like it's yes. so, like it takes so much brain power to try and solve a problem on your own, to try and think about should I relaunch my packages should I put my prices up should I do this in January should I wait till February should I plan out my whole year what what should my new logo be like there's so many like as you know the list is endless of things that you can do um as a business owner so I think carving out that time to actually talk face to face or over the phone or on whatsapp with somebody is has such a powerful effect like for when you say to somebody just talk to somebody that's what we mean like have that space where you can talk and you can chat and you can bounce ideas and you can get feedback because quite often you will solve the problem just by saying it out loud and you say oh yeah I did actually know I've answered my own question like how, <laughs> how often that doesn't mean I've answered my own question just by letting the words come out your mouth because when they're rolling around in your head um it's very hard to see the wood for the trees so I would say conversation with other business owners is key so if, if you don't have any business owner friends then I'd say join a Facebook group join a membership site go along to these little catch-ups that they all organize um you know single people out and just or, or do introduce yourself in a group and say where you're from or what your industry is and see if you can kind of find a little freelance buddy because that's invaluable and I think the second thing is just that I've been saying to everyone I know all the business owners that I know this year and everyone really not even just business owners is um to forget forgive yourself this year forgive yourself for yes. any mistakes that you've made for maybe not you know being as health conscious as you would like to have been for maybe focusing too much on your work I think that's definitely something that I've done um for not feeling as motivated as you once did for not getting as much done every day please just be kind to yourself and forgive yourself because this is not a normal situation and the fact that we're all just have survived this is a miracle like anybody who has been through the emotional turmoil of being at home so much and being so socially isolated the fact that we're all here like that's all we can hope for Um, anything else on top of that is a bonus so just be kind to yourself and maybe give yourself a break I absolutely I don't think I can add anything else to that (laughs) (laughs) that's it's so true because I think when it first happened there was almost like an influx of I'm gonna lose three stone and I'm gonna start a business and I'm gonna do this and then Mm. some people that they did that thing some people they didn't and now they feel like crap and you kind of think give yourself a bloody break like when 
when else have we ever had a global pandemic where the world has basically shut down? You're, you've not been allowed to see, go out and do your normal things, go to Starbucks and get your coffee or get on the train or whatever. And there's just so much. I feel like there have been some months where I genuinely felt like I was in a pressure cooker. Mm. I think the thing that I've struggled with this year is I've been really, like, I feel like I've had a really successful business year. I've created lots of new offerings they've all gone down really well I've really like leaned into my creativity and written a lot more than usual but I feel like I've really not kept on top of my friendships and my family connections as much as I should have like I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the mental to-do list in my head is that I need to phone my mum I need to text this person back I need to check in with that person because they said they weren't feeling very good like I feel that's where I feel that I've like not let myself down but I feel like that's the guilt that lives in me at the moment is that work has gone really well and I've focused a lot on time and energy on my work and I feel like maybe my relationships have suffered um but it's hard because I also feel like I feel pretty crap a lot of the time and I also know that everybody else feels crap so I don't really want to phone people up and be like I feel rubbish (laughs) Because everybody feels rubbish. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you kind of, yeah, you're absolutely right. I've done exactly the same thing. I've had like days where I'm like, I just want to cry. And I'm like, but I really want to see, like, I know I could talk to my brother or like, I really want to see my baby niece or whatever. And they've been in our bubble. And I'm like, but if I sit here and cry in front of them, Mm -hmm. like my sister-in-law lost her father in May. And so I'm like, I I feel like I can't sit around there cry my eyes out about something when I just you know I I have no understanding of how she feels Mm. and you kind of you almost feel like you're just it's not it's not that it's not good enough I don't know what the right term is you just feel like you're not I think everybody feels like they're they don't have the right to be sad right now yeah everybody feels like somebody else has got it worse off and that makes yeah. it really hard and everybody everybody is dealing with something right now so the normal support networks don't feel like I feel like a lot of doors have closed there's there's very few doors open um but I'm the same as you I've, I'm getting therapy now um which is like a super like it's a financial investment like it's yeah it's not cheap to do it you know every week so I've dropped down to every two weeks um but I'm really glad that I've been able to do that and I've I have raised my prices accordingly and I think that's something that a lot of business owners don't think about either is that like the direct impact that raising your prices can have on your mental health because it affords you all those things that will actually keep you going I don't I think one of the things I don't think I'll ever forget about you is the post that you put up about when you bought your coffee machine I don't think that's ever, I think that's ingrained into my brain because it was bloody brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was popular, that one. Um, my, my like, £80 coffee machine, like, <laughs> real, like, total bargain basement coffee machine that I couldn't, for weeks, couldn't um, allow myself to buy because just money mindset stuff, really. Just the fact that I, when I worked in catering jobs before, I was getting paid so little that I used to steal coffee from the break room, coffee and tea bags, because I was so skint. I used to have money. I remember I used to get paid £240 a week. And um, there was nothing. That was my rent, basically. There was nothing. 
because I stayed in quite a posh bit of Glasgow. There wasn't much left over for um for anything else, so kind of stuck in that mindset. Goodness, that's crazy, isn't it? And I think you're absolutely right because I um I've talked about it on the podcast before. I've got a thing with money, and I've been trying to work through it as much as I can, especially nowadays, like uh, the current climate. And um, you're right because I think whenever I've kind of put a ceiling on you know how much do I need to earn it it's, it's always it always goes back to that figure that I used to earn in a corporate job mm. it's never it's never more than that it's never that's when, funny yeah when really it needs to be more because yeah. we all have expenses yeah we all have outgoings um, and running costs so crazy yeah. um well I'm really conscious of time so thank you so much for being on the podcast I guess my last question is or second to last question should I say What's next for Miss Fiona Thomas? Mrs. Fiona Thomas, sorry, Mrs. you are married. So I am, like, directly after this, I'm going to, or maybe I'll clock off the day. Okay, I'll, do, <laughs> I'll do an hour on a book, on my book proposal. Um, yeah, I'm working on another book, but I can't really talk about it right now. Um, and then, so that's today, but the next month or so, I'm going part-time in my business which is the, I've never ever done this before but I am blocking off half of the week to can I swear on this podcast yep you already to do, have to do <laughs> oops <laughs> Scottish <laughs> the Scottish uh, it's fine over here it's fine taking yeah half the week off to do sweet fuck all um so I'm gonna lie around listen to true crime podcasts watch some documentaries eat uh, Ben and Jerry straight from the tub all that kind of yes. um, Bridget Jones type stuff <laughs> um, so yeah I'm going to chill out in December because I've had a very very full on year I've had lots like, you very bloody busy, have as well a that's very not busy an, schedule that's not an understatement <laughs> you really really have and that's from someone looking outside in <laughs> mm. fabulous I mean it sounds amazing I'm relatively jealous we were talking just before I hit record and I think I I don't know. I'm really interested to see how you get on with it because I think it might have. I think rightly or wrongly, you could be seen as a little bit of an influencer, whether you like that or not, <laughs> in terms of actually influencing people to do good things. And I think I'm one of the. I will be watching to see how you are in kind of February time to see if you're, you know, feeling better, how it went, if and more importantly, if you actually tried to work during your time off. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try, I just bought a new journal, I'm going to try and like journal it and like really record everything that happens and then try and reflect on it and maybe give some of my my advice. Who who knows, maybe maybe this is just me, I'll be part-time from now Forever. on. Forever. Maybe this is wow. it. Wow, the dream, yeah. love it, absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Fiona, it's been an absolute pleasure to Thanks talk to you. Thanks for having me. So for anybody that's listening that, um, obviously not December, January time because you're going part time, but anybody that wants to find out about your services or get involved in a workshop or a course, where can they find you and get in touch? Yep. I've, don't worry, in December, I've blocked off one day a week to work with clients so I can still take bookings. Um, But I, yeah, you can find me at FionaLikesToBlog.com. You can find me on Instagram at FionaLikesToBlog. 
Um, I've got some one-to-one sessions available for anyone who wants to learn a bit more about freelance writing or pitching to publications. And then in January, I've got a Creative Confidence for Writers workshop, which is like a half day where we get together and talk about creative confidence. And I uh, give you lots of exercises and you get some hands-on experience of writing, which is basically a thing that a lot of writers refuse to do. (laughs) So we're going to actually write... That's so funny. And honestly, like the reviews and the feedback and everybody kind of sharing on their Insta stories while they're working through your courses and stuff Mm. is absolutely amazing. It's so nice to see as well. Yeah. Oh, and I should say out of office, the book is available everywhere. Yeah. Go buy it. Do it. I'll even put a link to it in the show notes. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Fiona. You are very welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.